0: Welcome to the Sibling Leadership Network podcast. The Sibling Leadership Network is a national nonprofit whose mission is to provide siblings of individuals with disabilities the information, support, and tools to advocate with their brothers and sisters and to promote the issues important to us and our entire families.
1: Hello and welcome. My name is Katie Arnold, and I am the executive director of the Sibling Leadership Network. as many of you know, the Sibling Leadership Network is a national nonprofit for people who have a brother or sister with a disability. And um, I'm really excited to be joined today by brothers John and Dan Carmichael. Um, I wanna give share a little bit about their background and then turn it over to them to share more about their sibling story with us today. So John Carmichael is the CEO of GT Independence, Um, it was co-founded in 2004 as part of a lifelong mission to make it easier for people of all ages and abilities to lead independent lives. During John's younger years, he and his family helped his older brother, Ben, who has intellectual disabilities, live in his own home and support staff. Today, GT provides industry-leading self-direction tools resources, and financial management services to assist thousands of people in living the lives they choose. John is a frequent public speaker and an advocate for the importance of self-determination. He often challenges organizations in the field to reach higher and do more to make self-determination possible for anyone. And I know that self-determination is something that the Sibling Leadership Network really values. So, Dan's bio um, is that um, Dan Carmichael is a writer, former stand-up comedian, and co-owner of one of the nation's leading fiscal and employment agent services, GT Independence, which vows to help people live a life of their choosing regardless of age or ability. In his writing and Daily Life, Dan espouses using the power of humor in the face of adversity whether navigating his son or his own autism, a cavernous angioma in his cerebellum, working to treat his daughter's rare disease, or his biggest challenge, coping with the tragic death of his first child to a heart defect. Dan, along with his wife, Holly, have found a way to survive. His writing has been described as painfully and hilariously honest, and as a refreshing new take on the personal memoir genre. At GT Independence, Dan has focused on creating an award-winning, inclusive work environment, designing workspaces that are efficient, accommodating, and visually appealing. His memoir, Never Too Soon, is slated for a 2022 release. So just reading those bios, you can um, get a snapshot of how impressive these two brothers are. And I'm really excited, John and Dan, to get to know more about you both today. So John, could you uh, start out by telling us a little bit about your background of um, your sibling experience and, and living um, with uh, siblings with disabilities?
2: Certainly, uh, Katie. And First, let me say that it's a pleasure for, for us to be here today. We're really excited to talk with you today, and uh, we really are, are behind the Sibling Leadership Network. I think it's a unique experience that we don't talk about as as much uh, what it's like to be a parent of a person with a disability or uh, to have a loved one who has a disability, but to be a sibling is it is a different thing too. And uh, so I just love the work that your organization does and and what it stands for. Uh, So what uh, was it like to grow up uh, with an older brother? Ben is our older brother, by the way. Uh, I'm the middle brother or as Ben calls me. The medium-sized brother, I love and, it. <laughs> and Dan is the younger brother. Uh, and, you know, and I think um, it takes a long time for uh, for siblings to appreciate really the gift that uh, that you've been given when you have a, a brother who is, is is like my older brother Ben. Uh, yeah. When I was when I was young, uh, I'm. You know we played out in the yard together and uh, did all kinds of stuff together and as i got older you know i started to become aware of what ben's disability was and i you know I, and i spent some time struggling with how to how to deal with that and how to tell my friends about it and how to you know how to sort of be with ben uh publicly sure. and and so there was um you know there was some struggles there and then As I got older and I learned to appreciate Ben uh, for who he was and for the perspective that he gave me on my own life, uh, I I began to realize just how uh, fortunate I was to have him in my life.
1: Great, thanks for sharing that, John. And Dan, can you tell a little bit about your experience living yourself with a disability and then also your sibling experience?
3: Yes, of course. You know, I've got the unique opportunity of seeing from a lot of different angles, Um, you know, also raising a sibling of disability, um, which is real interesting because he and I can share some of our experiences together. Um, You know, I was, as the baby, um, something like nine years younger than Ben. So, you know, I went through a lot of my life with just, he was just another big brother, just he and John. was not that different. Um, you know, we gave each other a hard time just as any good set of brothers would do. Um, as I got older, I got a greater appreciation, understanding, and I got very protective of Ben. Um, and you know, that was great. But what I noticed was that my friends at the time picked up on that and also got protective of Ben and, Later in my life, I realized that my relationship with my brother was changing and affecting the views of people not in my family for the better. Um, and that sort of informed me on how important it was on a day-to-day basis to to continue to protect Ben's uh, rights and his... Um, and his ability to self-determine what he wanted to do in life.
1: Great, yeah. And can you talk a little bit about how your sibling experiences um, and your life experiences have um, kind of led you both to help start GT Independence?
2: Absolutely, yeah. And uh, Dan, you can jump in here. Uh, But uh, so Ben... um, for uh, a large part of his childhood lived in, at a place called St. Coletta in Jefferson, Wisconsin, and uh, it's kind of a famous uh, place that uh, uh, where people with intellectual or developmental disabilities lived. And he came home uh, in his early 20s. Came, when we say came home, uh, he... Uh, came back to Southwest Michigan, where the business is headquartered, where my family has lived and where we've all grown up and still live. And uh, this was about the late nineties. And of course in 1999, we had the very famous Olmstead Supreme Court decision. And at that time we were, we were talking a lot about deinstitutionalization and helping people to live uh, in their homes and communities uh, and so Ben was kind of part of that in, in a way. And he came and he lived uh, at first in a group home. And that home, uh, it was a difficult experience for him. The The program that they had at the group home was not the same program that Ben was interested in. And as a young 20 something old person, just like anybody else, you can imagine um, that, uh, you know an environment where you really just wanna be kept safe and sort of sheltered from any sort of life experiences, is not really uh, what you're looking for at yeah. that end of life. It certainly wasn't what I was looking for. Uh, and so ultimately, Ben was able to find a, a way to live his life where he got to live in his own home. You know, no uh, exit signs over the doors or fire extinguishers bolted to every wall. And he got to choose who came through his own front door to help him do the things he needed to do to live independently and to participate in his community.
3: Yeah. And
2: when he did that, um, he uh, blossomed uh, as an individual and he really began to experience life in the way that we all uh, want to experience it. We had challenges, we had disappointments. Uh, he had, um, you know, he had friends. He, he was uh, busy on the evenings sometimes. Yeah. and, and so. That ultimately is the hope that we have for uh, our loved ones. And whether or not they identify as having a disability, ultimately, you know, a, a, a life that um, is, is one that they choose. So uh, I, was, I was inspired, my family was inspired by that experience and felt like we were in a unique position to help people get that experience. Interestingly, it was through this funny thing called a financial management services, which helps you do payroll, <laughs> but honestly at the core of self-determination or self-directed services is this ability to decide who comes through your front door. And that means you should be able to hire them and you should be able to fire them if you want. And when you, and when that, when you have that power, you really start to take control of your life. And so that's what, that's what helped us to start GT Independence. We wanted people to have control over who came through their front door. And that's what really drove us for the past 16 years of operating the business.
3: And just to um, watching Ben go through the process of selecting his own caregivers was such an awesome sight. Um, and knowing that he had the power to mess up too, you know, that that's something you don't often think about is the, the power to make a mistake and learn from it. And to not have bumpers on the sides of every decision, yeah. um, it was just a really cool thing. And he, you know, he did interviews, and um, I'll spare the details. But uh, culinary skills were paramount.
1: Ah, nice. Yeah, you gotta, you got someone who knows how to cook <laughs> so yeah. you can eat well. <laughs> he seems like a smart guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well. You know, as you're both sharing, I mean, it really I, I think you're really highlighting how, you know, the sibling peer perspective that you have with Ben um, and that siblings in our network have is really important. And how, you know, often because we're at that, you know, same age, similar peer level, we can relate more to what our brothers and sisters with disabilities want. Um, and while sometimes, you know, I know my parents can be go into like protection mode more so and, uh, you know, of course, want the best for my sister uh, with a disability. But, you know, sometimes my sibling perspective, I think, can really help push my parents and families to, to like think about ways, um, you know, my sister could live a more self-determined life. Um, And it seems like both of your, you know, your perspectives as siblings really helped, you know, your family in creating this family business um, that is helping so many more people. Um, So can you talk a little bit about what it's been like running a company together um, as brothers and, you know, why it's important for GT Independence to, you know, be a family owned business?
3: It's mostly it's ruined a few dinners. I'll be honest. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, to to be able to work, you know, with our family is is just it's so cool. Um, you know, as a little brother, especially, you know, when I was six, the idea of working with my big brother when I was an adult, I'm sure would have made me just, you know, over the moon. So. Um, so it's been quite an experience, and it and it gives us a little bit of, you know, I don't I don't know if empathy is the right word, but um, a little better understanding of what some of our clients could be facing, you know, and and how important their decisions are. So,
1: yeah, Dan, you know, your first comment about the family dinners I think will resonate with so many of. Um, the people in our network because families are so complicated and, (laughs) and uh, you know, those family dynamics are, (laughs) are really part of, part of navigating um, life together and figuring out what really is, you know, best for each person in the family. And, um, you know, I think that, that so many people can can relate to the challenges of that. Um, And so can you, Can you share a little bit um, about how you've done that as a a family business, bringing all your different ideas together? Um, Because I think, you know, I know that as as a sibling, I have different ideas and a different perspective than my parents often. And sometimes that's intention. um, And sometimes, you know, it's good to have that tension to work through and then to be able to come to a solution that is best for everyone in the family. So can you speak a little bit about that?
2: I yeah, I say, mean, Katie, oh, go ahead. No, please. I have to say, Katie, you can tell, probably, that we come to the dinner table with a lot of different perspectives. Yeah, right? We there. Uh, we have different interests and and talents. And um, you know, you're talking about running a business as a family and and you know, ruined dinners. Yeah, there, there is. But there's also this sort of subtext always. This language that we speak that. That uh, that only we understand, and it's so easy to slip in and out of. You know, it's, we're a family. You know, we're business partners, and we're family, and we're business partners. And really, I think anybody who owns a small business or as a family business understands that <clears throat> the real trick is learning to <clears throat> sort of modulate that, right? You have yeah. to have family time, and you have to have yeah. business time, and you and you have to discipline yourself somewhat to to. To allow, you know to allow yourself to have those two experiences because you, you almost ruin both of them if you if you don't. And then yeah. I'll add Ben to that. You know the other thing that you know from the perspective of a sibling you know we um, mess with each other, right? We <laughs> we give each <laughs> other a hard time. Ben, when he's at the dinner table, he's the big brother. He's you know yeah. he's giving Dan and I a hard time. He's wrapping us up in headlocks and giving us noogies, you know. He's, <laughs> uh, he's picking on us, and yeah. and so, so, you know, that dynamic is is fantastic, uh, honestly. And uh, one of the great things about, you know, it's Ben who brings us together. It's Ben who gets us around the dinner table, both because. Um, of who he is, but also because we've sort of dedicated our lives and our careers to to helping people like Ben. So we wouldn't have, we, we probably would have gone in separate directions. We wouldn't yeah. would have pursued our own uh, interests, you in, know, and we might not have the opportunity to, to be with each other all the time because of, if it wasn't for
3: Ben. And, yeah. and thinking about that makes me feel really, really good. Yeah. And, no, and that's pretty, you know, yeah. the, bringing different ideas to the table and, you know, we've learned, I feel like to, to disagree and communicate in such a empathetic and respectful way um, that, you know, we've blunted a lot of the, a lot of the complications and that, you know, we've, we've extended that to the family of our employees as well. And, and it's something that, that has become a major part of our values is to to take in all of these different views and ideas and not be completely focused on on where we think we need to go.
1: Yeah, that's great to hear. And there seems to be a real art to that that um, you know, it's difficult to navigate, but something that it, it sounds like you've really been able to to master. And that's amazing to hear that you've been able to translate that you know, beyond your family to the organizational culture within GT independence, which is awesome. So, um, could you share a little bit about um, self-direction for, you know, people that might not be as familiar with it and like how family members could utilize self-direction for their loved ones to live a more independent life? Sure.
2: I think that's a, a, a great question. and something we, we definitely need to do um, more communicating about. So I, I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, you don't know how many times I talk about my work and people go, oh my gosh, I didn't know that was out there. That sounds great. And so um, self-direction, uh, so our company, we work with state uh, Medicaid programs. So most of the people that we serve are people who are Medicaid beneficiaries. And Medicaid, uh, surprisingly, few people know this, but Medicaid is really the largest uh, payer for long-term services and supports. They're the only public payer for long-term services and supports. So, uh, as people uh, age or become uh, disabled, or you know, uh, work with their intellectual or developmental disabilities the Medicaid is the is the entity that provides the services that help you to remain independent and those services range from nursing homes and institutions which we in this country are are getting away from we're moving more towards home and community-based care but um and and you know those services also can be services to support you to stay in your home or to interact daily with your community so help you get your um, errands done help you participate in any activities that you like to do and all of these things these services uh, help people to stay part of their community and they also save the public health system money by by preventing institutionalization which is yeah. which is the last option that I think we, we need to look at in terms of how how to take care of people yeah so that's a long way of saying within that context, you can choose, and most states have self-directed programs. In fact, I think all states have self-directed programs now. You can choose to say, you know, rather than having a traditional uh, home care agency or third-party provider deliver the service, I wanna, I wanna control that myself. So working with, um, say, a uh, supports coordinator in a Medicaid program, you might choose to have um, a company like GT Independence help you Hire your own in-home support provider or personal assistant or vocational services provider and have them help you with those things that you need to, to really live out uh, your idea of, of what your life should be like. It goes hand in hand with the concept of person-centered planning, which uh-huh. is the idea that we focus on people's strengths. And we focus on their hopes and dreams rather than diagnosing what's wrong with them uh, so, that, so that they can design for themselves how their lives should be lived, and these are all, all these things go towards helping people live more fulfilled lives. And, but in and in doing so, really uh, making public funding for these services go as far as it can. And I'll say one more thing, Katie. Yeah. <laughs> um, people. People, regardless of whether they receive health services from Medicaid, <clears throat> will want and do want to live as independently as they can, there is lots of evidence out there that says that people want to retain as much choice and control over their lives as possible. And so everybody, or a very large number of the people in our society will at some point need long-term services and supports. It's not just people who are born with a disability, it's people who are going through the aging process. And so so this idea of self-direction, self-determination, it really is universal.
3: Yeah,
1: no, I agree. And it's something that, as I mentioned, the Civil Leadership Network really values. Um, You know, a lot of our advocacy work is along those lines to really, um, you know, allow people with disabilities to have more choices and more control of their lives with their family, you know, as support systems. And, you know, while some people might not be familiar with self-direction, I hope this um, is helping them understand this concept, which, You know, when when you boil it down, it's just like how you can live the life you want. Um, And so it really, and the money matters and how you are able to use and control that money um, really matters. And so it seems like that's really the essence of the work that you do at GT Independence, which is so important. So thank you for sharing that. Is there anything else? any advice or anything else that you think you want it would want to share with other siblings of people with disabilities from your perspectives. Um, you know, before we conclude today, any other thoughts you have about, you know, your sibling perspective that you'd like to share.
3: Oh, man, I. I've always thought it's important. I've sort of tried to get this across to my son um, as he's a sibling. Is to be that sibling first, you know, be there, be um, available, you know, be an advocate for sure, but be a sibling first.
1: Great.
2: Yeah, and I think it's real simple for for me, probably along the same lines. Take the time to enjoy uh, being a sibling. There is there is much beauty in it. there's much there's much to enjoy there the, the perspectives that I've learned and I, and I do say learned from my older brother Ben are the core perspectives for me that have guided me through my through my career and through my life and I would not be who I am today without them.
3: Yeah
1: I think that I know I can relate to what you're both sharing. And I think a lot of people within our sibling leadership network and, and siblings in general um, can relate. I know for me, you know, my entire worldview and my career path was very much influenced by my sibling experience. Um, and so, you know, as we know, our sibling relationships are often the longest relationships of our lives you know, that we have with each other. And uh, it really is a, a powerful relationship. I wanna thank you both John and Dan for sharing more of your sibling story. I also wanna say that we're so grateful um, for your support, GT independent support of our upcoming Sibling Leadership Network Conference. Our conference for those of you that don't know it is going to be virtually this year on June 18th and 19th with post-conference sessions on June 22nd, 23rd and 24th. Um, And this this is not gonna be a typical conference where You just have kind of information shared through Zoom. It's going to be really interactive. We're super excited to have spaces where siblings can share their stories with each other, can connect, um, can get peer support, which is so important, um, as well as learn a lot of new information for navigating the system, um, for handling some of the unique things that have come up related to the pandemic. Um, so I hope, I want to thank you both again for supporting the conference and invite people who are, um, listening or watching today to feel free to check out more information at siblingleadershipnetwork.org. Um, so siblingleadership.org, I should say. So, um, thank you again, John and Dan, um, really appreciate all that you do, um, and, uh, sharing your sibling stories and the support you provide to so many families, including siblings of people with disabilities.
2: My pleasure, Katie. and we will see you at the conference.
0: Thanks a lot, Katie.
1: Thank you. Take care.
0: Please join us for the 8th National Sibling Leadership Network Conference on June 18th and 19th with post-conference sessions on June 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. Find all the details and registration information on siblingleadership.org. That's S I B L I N G L E A D E R S H I P.org. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to you joining us on many more episodes to come. Find resources, tools, and information about the sibling experience on siblingleadership.org. The Sibling Leadership Network is a nonprofit and we rely on support from our audience. Find the donation button on our homepage and contribute to the ever growing sibling movement.